Andy, my dude, have you heard of the magical website builder known as Squarespace? Ugh, not another Squarespace ad. I feel like every podcast is sponsored by them. <laughs> hey, 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 don't knock it till you try it. Yes, okay, it is overhyped. But actually, it lives up to the hype. Squarespace is like a website fairy godmother. With a click of a button, your site transforms into a beautiful masterpiece. A website fairy godmother? That sounds interesting. What makes it so magical? Well, for starters, those slick templates make anyone look like a professional web designer. Pick one, customize the colors and fonts to match your brand, and voila. Plus, the drag-and-drop fluid engine is so easy, your grandma could build a site on Squarespace. Well, she did knit me a lovely scarf last Christmas. Maybe website design is next. Exactly. And when you're ready to sell your Nana's handmade scarves online, Squarespace has built-in e-commerce. Add a store with one click. Get flexible payment options. Then watch those sales roll in. And when she wants to teach others her steezy scarf skills, Squarespace's new courses feature is just the ticket. Nana can set up her curriculum and enrollments and payments in a snap and become the next e-knitting influencer. Wow, you really sold me with the grandma angle. Sign me up for that free try. Just go to thenextreel.com slash Squarespace and transform your site into a beautiful Squarespace masterpiece. Well, thanks, Pete. Even though it's overhyped, Squarespace actually sounds perfect for Nana's site's needs. Appreciate the warning on the ads, though. I'll brace myself next time I listen to a podcast. Anytime. Let me know if you need any help getting that site up and running. Andy, can you believe we've almost hit 700 episodes of The Next Reel? I know, it's crazy. And with all the other episodes in our family of podcasts, we are well over 1,200 episodes of movie conversation. It's really pretty amazing that we've gotten to have these in-depth movie chats every week for over a decade now. And we couldn't have done it without our loyal community of film fans. Their support over the years has meant so much. For sure. That reminds me, we should give the merch store a shout out. Buying shirts from thenextreel.com slash merch is a great way listeners can continue to support the show. Plus, they get to support our great designs. Absolutely. I think sometimes folks forget we have a variety of shirts, mugs, phone cases, and more available. In fact, a great place to start is with a shirt sporting the Next Reel's logo. We also have that classic Fast Times Spicoli Surf School tee, or the weirdly popular Rusty's European Tour shirt. The one from National Foods European Vacation. Why is that so popular? <laughs> Search me, but we have sold a ridiculous number of those. I guess there are a lot of Rusties taking trips to Europe? We're always adding new designs based on movies we've covered, like our brand new design for a streetcar named Desire, featuring a streetcar named Desire. So if you want to rep your love of TNR and films, head to thenextreel.com slash merch. Every purchase helps us continue to have these weekly in-depth conversations. So visit thenextreel.com slash merch today. And as always, thanks for listening and being a part of the Next Real community. We've got lots more great movie chats coming your way. It's showtime, folks. Enjoy the show. A fine Saturday morning to you, our Next Real friends. Have you heard the one about a family that goes to see a talent agent about booking their act? The agent asks what their performance consists of, and one of them says, Oh, we have a weekend podcast that talks about movie movie news, reviews, and new trailers, and the hotly debated weekly list challenge. It's called Saturday Matinee. And then he brings out a llama, and his son 
Like, okay, oh, you've heard this one. <laughs> I'm Rob Cabosco, and with me is my podcast spouse, Kyle Olson. That's me. And joining, there you are, and joining us is Chrissy Lenz of the Neighborhood Comedy Theater and co-host of the most excellent 80s movies podcast, Welcome to Saturday Matinee. Hi, I'm so excited. Uh, I love Saturdays. I love matinees. I can't wait to be a part of the whole thing. <laughs> well, welcome. <laughs> We're very, very happy to be here. Kyle, yes, how's it going? It's How are good. you? It's, it's, it's been an exciting couple of weeks, but uh, I, I can say I, I have done something in the last couple of weeks that probably <laughs> most people listening are, are going to be in near awe of. Uh-oh. I have cleared... My watch list. <gasps> yes, over the course of the Christmas break and this first weird couple of weeks of January, I went inside and decided not to add anything in December. And I went through everything that was on my watch list and watched all of it. Wow. I started the new year. Well, actually, I, I ran over a couple of weeks, but <laughs> but I started the new year with a blank slate. Wait, OK. I uh, that's like, you know, that's like the mythical inbox zero. Yeah. Like, you know, what I mean, like I, I don't even that's so rare. OK, so wait, what of everything you watched? What was the biggest surprise? I can't remember any of it, Rob. It was so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, a lot of it was not that exciting of stuff. Like, I mean, it was it was a lot of things that I had I had like kept putting off and putting off. So a lot of what I had on there was like. Oh, I need to get to back to that or like I started and I need to finish it. So it wasn't a lot of like I'm going to start a br like I'm going to watch all of what, whatever. It's like something brand new. Right. I'm going to watch, you know, 59 episodes or something. It was sort of like I started this. I never finished it. So like the thing that that for me, that was I, I felt the biggest like palette clearing was that I finished all of the Marvel Netflix show. So like I had I there was I had watched almost all of I'd watched all of Daredevil I'd watched all of Iron Fist that kind of stuff but like I still had most of Jessica Jones and most of the Punisher still out there and I was like one day and then finally I decided you know what today's that day and I started and so I went through all of, and was it worth it I don't know but I kind of like I really had this very satisfying feeling of closing a lot of those loops like oh okay that's done I can like I can I can say that it's finished I've, I've moved on and watching those Netflix shows now in the age of the Disney plus Marvel shows it's like oh wow we've grown like people who are oh, like yeah. Hawkeye wasn't yeah. as good as I expected to be I'm like you don't know man like <laughs> in the, the middle of any of those Netflix Marvel shows God, like the, the the middle slog, the middle like five episodes of those are just terrible. And they're just slowly moving pieces around. And like, it's so yeah. many phone calls of like, where's the guy? We got to find the guy. Oh, I found the guy. Oh, no, I missed the guy. Where's the guy? Look at, let's track down the guy. Like, oh, my God, <laughs> you don't know how good you have it. So you need sometimes you need to go back and look at that stuff and then see. But I mean, a lot of stuff was just, you know, typical you know, Red Notice and, and uh, Squid Game and, you know, like all these kind of things that have been bouncing around that I was like, I mean, I meant to get to, I meant to get to, and now I finally got to them. Well, congratulations. Thank you. Are you, um, are you filled with anxiety now that it's empty? Like, no, do you have to refill again. it? Okay, I was <laughs> going to say. It was like a couple of days I was like, wow, there's nothing on there. And all of a sudden I'm like, oh, I found these great new shows and now this and now this and now this. Okay. Like Pete got me into The Expanse and so I'm watching mm -hmm. that now and, um, Doom Patrol, I had watched the first couple of episodes of that, and then uh, Lorraine was on last week, and she was talking about how great that was. And actually, we we got Rob and I went to a convention with Mark Shepard, and he was talking about how great it was. And it was like, 
it took two votes and then I was like, all right, I'll get back in. I watched the first episode and now I'm, and I'm super into that too. It's, it's one of the weirdest shows I've ever seen. And I'm just <laughs> shocked at the audacity of how weird it is for like a big DC HBO max show. Oh, okay. Well, I'm happy to hear that. I, that'll be, uh, those are uh, life goals. I'm uh, still working on, uh, Chrissy, what have you, uh, what have you been watching? So I just finished watching the Witcher. Oh yeah, the that entirety was, was of The Witcher. Yeah, I, it was like Kyle. I started it and it felt like homework, mm-hmm. so I did not finish it. Um, and then I was just like, "We got to get through this. We got to do it for Henry Cavill. <laughs> Let's right. get in there." Um, so I watched. I watched all of it in a very short period of time, just like one into the next. Um, and I thought it was great. It is a lot like homework. I'm still mm-hmm. not entirely sure that like people would show up on screen and I'm like, okay, now who is this? Yes. Now who is this? <laughs> did we, did we see this guy? Did yeah. we meet this guy? Like, I, I where that, are you I come from? Feeling, and I decided to just embrace the mystery and just be like, okay, well, as long as they know who it is, that's all that matters. Like in yeah, the second exactly. season, when the, the fire guy showed up, I'm like, Am I supposed to know who this is? Was he from season one? I have no idea. Is he connected? I don't know. So I just kind of I don't know. Yeah, at some point I'm like, I think I would remember if Graham McTavish had been here before. (laughs) Like, I think I would have remembered (laughs) if he had been here before. Yeah. Um, And then, like, there's all these moments where, you know, of course, they're like, ah, it's blah, blah, blah of Mm -hmm. yada, yadasville. And you're like, oh, of course, like, I'm not even going to write it down. I'm just going to let it go by. That's right. I I can talk Um, in depth on all the weird stuff in Dune, but like, I can't tell you a single country from Witcher. And I've seen every episode of it. Like this country's invading this one because they hate them from invading that one. Okay. I just decided to like, let it just, are no, they countries? Away. Are they countries? Or are they villages? So? Or are they one castle and a moat? Like, <laughs> what is what is the distance? Yeah. How long? It takes one day, apparently, to get from Sintra to the Witcher town of, like, Kaer Morin. But it takes a week the first time. And then 15 minutes the second time. Yeah. Uh, and there's just like he's like oh yes of course Siri knows the way and I'm like does she it's the woods how (laughs) does she know in the the first season there was all this like we need to get there and it's like three episodes of them getting to the place and now the second season they're just like I don't know portals and and like let's just jump from place to place I guess we'll go (laughs) in the portal and like you know so I really enjoyed it uh, and I I had to just like let go of grasping it Mm -hmm. all like with with the game of thrones or lord of the rings or something that's like equally dense with places and people and these kind of people are this certain way like i I really always felt like i needed to like understand it Mm -hmm. have my hand firmly on top of it like you know and just know everything about every single type of of person or place and with this one i was like no i'm not doing the homework you just you tell me henry cavill like you point your sword at whatever you want me to pay attention to and i will pay attention to it yeah and 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 the end did that work for you i mean like did you find you enjoyed it or you just like oh that's done no i did enjoy it and i i'm excited to see more i might read the books just you know there's the the completest in me that's like yeah but you could understand it if you read the books is all <laughs> i'm saying you could read the books and then you'd know um 
I did. I did. In the end, I loved it. But I, I at least half of every episode, I was scrolling through my phone, going like, mm-hmm. "Wait, wait! Not all witchers have white hair and yellow eyes." I right. was pretty sure that I was understanding that every witcher was a, a, a Henry Cavill type experience. Quite surprised to learn that they are not. And also, you know, queer eye. So oh. it's a real, oh. it's a real mixed no. bag. Did, yeah. you, did you go back and forth, <laughs> like one episode of one, episode of the other? Yeah. Yes. Exactly. Oh, that's fantastic. Uh, what about you, you know, Rob? Been, what have you been I've been watching, uh, well, I'm totally into Book of Boba Fett because oh, okay. there is so much, th- there's a lot that is going on already. And just by the time we're doing this, the third, what, the third chapter. Uh, so I'm enjoying that. And I'm enjoying watching all the videos on YouTube <laughs> that people are dissecting it. I think that's, that has become just as much fun as actually watching the, the episodes, which I think is cool. Mm-hmm. My wife, I think I mentioned this before, she is on a uh, an old show binge. Hmm. We are into almost done with the third season of Boston Legal. Oh, wow. Okay. And I got to tell you this. I don't know if I've mentioned this before. That show, infinitely watchable again, if you're into that type of comedy, because it, it, it is comedy, but it also is dramatic too, uh, you know, um, relevant today. Hmm. That show is still relevant. He was ahead of his time on a lot of the discussions about cultural issues Wait, and politics. Is it Boston and Legal or Boston Public? Boston Legal. Boston Legal. Okay, got it. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Boston Public. Different. Yeah, totally different, different show. Totally different thing. Also relevant. Also. Also still relevant. But different. No, thing. Okay. this is Boston Legal. This is the James Spader, yeah. William Shatner, Ultron, and Kirk fighting. Look, yeah. Uh, fighting oh, weird yes. Judges. Yeah. Yes. Um, and there's some other Star Trek people in it. Like the cameos that are in are amazing. But it's just David E. Kelly just doing his thing. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's very, very enjoyable. I, I have really liked sitting through her watching it at night, but that's OK. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, no, just trying to trying to make up a list, too, of things I want to watch in the next uh, in the next month or so. But um, that's basically. Yeah, that's pretty much been it. Um let me see if we have news. You know, one of the things I just want to talk about at the top of news, uh, I obviously used, uh, for those of you who are familiar, The Aristocrats. Uh, it's a 2005 <laughs> documentary. That was the intro for this. In um, And it's a, very, it's a very funny, offensive, I'm sure to most people. It's a joke that a lot of comedians and stand-up uh, comedians know. Um, the documentary from 2005 has a great uh, feature with Bob Saget in the documentary, and that's what I thought of whenever because I just think about how great he was in that and a lot of things he'd done. Obviously, it was incredibly sad to hear of his passing, mm. um, but it's also great to see the love that the industry had for him and the people who've worked with him. Um, so just thinking of him. Th- by the way, that's the Aristocrats, not to be confused with the Aristocats. Mm-hmm. Slightly just different. Yeah. Slightly different when doing, vibe. When yeah. you're doing your searches. Interesting back-to-back viewing experience. Uh, depending on which one goes first, but sure. Uh, so, uh, so do we? What's the latest news? I did see in our uh, a news bot. Uh, there was this great article that uh, Chrissy, I'm sure, will want to talk about. Uh, Michael J. Fox Ooh. has watched Back to the Future. He watched it over the holidays and he discussed it. And it was really heartwarming to hear his reaction. Oh, yeah. I love that. I. We, our most recent episode of the podcast is Back to the Future, right. and we saved it and mm. saved it and saved it, and then we were like, no more saving it. Now's the time. It's it's so good. I, I love hearing that he uh, has warm feelings about it because, like, you know, shooting that 
for him must have been pretty intense. He was doing family ties at the same time. So it's like family ties by day, back to the future by night. Thank God he was willing to work so hard because we needed you, Michael J. Fox. Right. Uh, So we appreciate that work that you did. So in in, he actually talked about in the quote he had, he talked about this this exact thing. And he said, um, so I had this moment now when with all the stuff I had in my life where I could sit and look at this kid talking about himself and say, wow, he did all right. He had a lot to deal with and he was dancing as fast as he could, but he fulfilled the role and did a good job. He did. Oh, and I, it's so nice to hear somebody while they're alive, you yeah. know, still talking about their work in, in a really positive way, because like Back to the Future is something that culturally we're going to treasure for the rest of our existence. It's yeah. It's like one of the nicest pieces of art that, we've made and mm-hmm. so and he is he's brilliant in it and we talk a lot about how it the magic of michael j fox and christopher lloyd together you couldn't recreate that with a different two people as we know for a fact you couldn't <laughs> recreate it with different two people um and so yeah i love that i love that he looks on it with fondness you could not say that louder or more articulate, anyone who is hearing these words, don't touch that franchise. Don't touch it. It's yeah. <laughs> n- don't touch it at all. The thing that's um, that amazing to me about that one is that there's so many blockbusters that come out that are high concept, like a big idea and big special effects too. But like you, what you have to be able to is is, is pour it, pare it down to what is the story about, and I think that's what's fascinating about Back to the Future is it's would my dad like me in high school? Like that's, yeah. that is the central premise of like that. And everything else just spirals from that. So you have that core of like, well, that's an interesting question. Like with it and everything else, you know, flying DeLoreans and, and Biff time traveling and, and, and trains and all this kind of stuff that, that builds out from it still like is, is built on that central thing. I think a lot of times these sort of, they miss the point. They forget that you need to have that central emotional core, that question, that idea, whatever it is that can hold the movie together. I mean, in addition to like a thousand things going right for back to the future, you know, the right director, the right performers, the right, the right special effects, all that kind of thing. Like it's, it's that central piece. I think that a lot of these things miss. And then that, that means that they don't have a heart and then it just ends Mm. up being empty spectacle and it goes away. Whereas back to the future, like you say, will outlive all of us. And it's, it's, you know, one of those rare pieces where the sequels are every bit as enjoyable as Mm -hmm. the first one and, uh, equally hold up, even though, you know, they got, they were a little off on 2015, but they, they tried hard. Um, (laughs) and it's, so they asked that question too, in the second one, like, would he like himself and as an adult, like Mm -hmm. the kid he is now, will he like the version of himself he grows to be? And if not, can you do anything about it? Can you make some kind of change? Can you make a different choice? And then in the third one, really getting to see Doc on a journey of who is he, yeah. you know, uh, and and can he have uh, a different kind of life for himself? So they, they all have heart. They're all hilarious. Um, they're all expert masterclasses in uh, how to take a running joke mm, and yes. use yes. it every time yeah, and, and also never let it to get old. do some of the best jokes and never tell anyone 
like the the Twin Pines Lone Pine thing is one of my favorite movie things ever. Like basically that only is there if you're paying attention. They don't hang mm-hmm. a lance on it. They don't they don't they're like, huh? Everybody look a funny thing. It's like if you if you know, you know, and if you don't, it just goes by and it's fine. No, that's I uh, it was that's it. we're just talking about back to the future for the next hour. No, 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 no. Echo <laughs> echo all of that, because I think it was great to see that uh, someone who can look back at, at a very early performance in their career and just and appreciate it yeah. and have as much love as everyone has for it. Um, some apologies to Crispin Glover. Not so much to Eric Stoltz, but that's OK. <laughs> Um, but and no also, offense. Leah no Thompson offense. is so great in those movies as well. Yes. Like I, oh, I yes. watched it um, with my kids, and and my daughter was just like captivated by Leah Thompson. She was like, "What? Who is this? Who yeah. is this magical performer? Yeah. Uh, what else can I see her in?" Uh, so that was fun. And Thomas Howard F. Duck. Wilson, who of course oh, got no. horribly typecast, had a really rough go of it for a while. But like I think has has uh, again, like Michael J. Fox, come around to the other side of it and been just like, hey, you know what? I got to be part of you know movie history. He's Even the bully. For the rest of his life, people will be like, call me a butthead. Actually, if you if you and if you're interested, you can go online. He's just he was a stand-up comedy for a while, and he actually wrote a song about his experience after Back to the Future, and it's called the Question Song because every time people walk up, and they ask him the same question. So he decided to write a song and answer the questions so no one would have to ask them again. It's hilarious and I love a little it. bit profane if you find the right version, uh, but really, really funny. <laughs> I, I actually had someone correct me uh, recently when I, I made a Biff Tannen joke and said oh. something was about as funny as a screen door on a battleship. And the, and the person I was like, no, no, honey, that's not a screen door on a battleship would be fine. It's a submarine. <laughs> I'm like, I know I'm doing a Biff Tannen joke. <laughs> 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 Make like a tree and get out of uh, here, right? Well, speaking of uh, big uh, explosive movies that will have sequels, uh, I think I put what I put in here is I said Red Notice, no more like Green Notice. Mm-hmm. Make Kyle, money. you said you watched you watched Red I Notice. Did. We we've talked about Red Notice on the show here before. Uh, Netflix knows they've got something on uh, big on their hands. They are making back to back sequels. Again, with a little allusion to our Back to the Future conversation. Um, and they're bringing everybody back. Yeah. Gal Gadot, Dwayne Johnson, Ryan Reynolds, and they're going to go nuts. You're going to be seeing uh, you'll, the, the red, uh, Netflix will be the land of uh, Red Notice and uh, Knives Out yeah, that's for right. the next like, <laughs> five right. years. Another, another multiple sequel, you know, big that's paycheck it. kind of thing, too. I, it's, that's interesting. That they consider red. I mean, like numerically, sure, Red Notice is a huge sure. success. Like, right. obviously, they, they they have they have the numbers. They don't tell us what the numbers are, but they have the numbers. But it's still interesting. Like, if that movie had been released in theaters, would it have had the box office to go along with these numbers, or is it just like everyone's who has Netflix and they're home? They're like, oh yeah, I want to watch that and watch it. Sure. I don't know. I mean, I, I saw it and then I thought, yeah, like like uh, like Pete said a couple weeks ago. It was fine. Like it was for, you know, for a Netflix movie and like all of them are beautiful and charming and it was fine. You know, like there's really I can't I can barely remember what the plot was. Uh, There's just a lot of pretty people saying vaguely amusing things in in interesting locales and twists and turns. But like I'm a big heist fan and this was a pretty terrible heist movie. Uh, (laughs) In the great scheme of things, but it's it gets by on you know looks and charm, and uh, you know we should we should all be so lucky, right? Um, all right, I don't think there's any uh, 
Uh, I think we can move on to trailers. Let's do that. Uh, Chrissy, you are up first. You have oh, a... Yeah, you okay, I'm excited, to, I have, I'm excited to talk about this because you have a very interesting trailer. What was it? It was a, a Wolf Like Me. Emma. Yeah, to help me so that I can help you. Dad, why do I have to talk to you? You don't talk to me. It is my job to help keep you safe. Maybe you should help yourself. It's like she's built this fortress around herself so that nothing can hurt her. Em, Em, you're okay. Uh, Are you okay? She got panic attack. Look at me, look at me. I know where you're at. What did you say to her? Which is a um, peacock original. Mm-hmm. There's and two words you probably have not said a lot. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> I was confused. I was like, okay, all right. Um, but it's uh, really, it's, I don't know where to start. Like they, it's pitched <laughs> as like a supernatural drama comedy. Mm-hmm. Um, but the preview is so moody that it doesn't, it's and it's a little bit weird because so you've got uh Isla Fisher and Josh Gad, who you'd think comedy comedy, sure, you know, um, two people who are very amusing to watch, very uh lovable and quirky and cute, being very moody and mysterious, and you're not sure what's happening. And it's some they're just walking through fields and standing on hills and gazing out windows and. Uh, looking like they're making some kind of like very serious movie. So I'm not sure. Like the tone of it was really, really intriguing to me. Like it it seemed like they were putting a really serious hat Mm -hmm. on some really goofy people in what I'm pretty sure is a movie about werewolves. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So wait, you know what? I had not heard about this. I I watched the trailer and exactly what you said, Mm -hmm. like, I watch, I turn, I look at the trailer, I look at the title, I go, oh, I think I know what this is about. I watch the trailer and I'm like, oh no, I, I, I have no idea what this is about until the last five seconds mm-hmm. of the trailer. And I go, oh yeah, it's totally about what I thought it was. It's what I thought it was when I first but, thought I knew what it was. Yeah. But did you not think that's brilliant? Because guess what? I have Peacock because of wrestling. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. I want to watch this because now I want to see what, what happens. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think it's brilliant. And Josh Gad, this is a really nice role for him in a pivot than what he's, you know, obviously been doing for most of all, for a lot of his career. Um, I, I'm very curious to see this. And I think this is a, 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 a notice that Peacock is one of those streaming services that hasn't really you haven't seen a lot of their investment mm. in their original productions. True. You're going to start seeing that because they're trying to compete. Yeah. And I. I'm so intrigued by it that it's the story of like I Josh Gad is a single dad. Apparently there's some mystery there. His um, daughter is somehow like having some mysterious issues. And then all of a sudden Isla Fisher comes slamming into their lives. Um, but yeah, you're like literally <laughs> you're like, well, she's a werewolf, right? She's a- <laughs> yeah. yeah. But the, the trailer <laughs> never flat out says it. So it's right. sort of like, but but she's a werewolf. I mean, but we all agree we that we think that right? she's 
we get that she's a werewolf. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I, I was because right. once she's in that Hannibal Lecter cell, yeah, right. Which is with, clearly with, you what can that see the is. scratch marks on the inside. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, but yes. there's no trademark howl, I guess. So there's. <laughs> but I love that. I love that it's not. It it left you very much wondering, what is the take on this? Mm-hmm. So kudos to that. Uh, you know what? I think far too often, people uh, trailer editors, mm-hmm. the people who do that, d- give out too much. Yeah. Uh, this was done in a very smart way. I will absolutely watch this. So I, I, I had the same reaction. I was, I had no idea this existed. I love all, both those actors. Uh, and so I'm, I'm interested to see what they have to do. But uh, as I dug in a little bit more after watching it, it's, it is, first of all, it's not a movie. It's a series and it's also oh. half hour oh. episodes. What? Yeah. Like there's like, like at this point, I think there's six episodes and they're 20, you know, 22 minutes each. And it was like, Oh, that's, not the format I would have thought for what you showed me there. So it, like I even read uh, like somebody who had seen a couple of the, the initial episodes was like, this feels like something that was something else that they made into something else. <laughs> like this was like somebody had pitched this as a movie and I got green as a movie, but they're like, actually we have this new streaming service and maybe you could. Oh. And they, yeah. it. but you know, I, I, I think it was, if that, if that was the case and I'm not saying it is, uh, I think that was done before it was shot. So it wasn't like we have this movie, let's cut it into episodes. But that also means that if we like it and it, it turns out as, as good as it looks, we could have more. We could have more. Yeah, I, I like a series in those little chunks, because then if you stop somewhere in the middle, you don't feel as bad. about it. <laughs> like, True. I stopped where they wanted me to stop. What yeah, do you mean? Exactly. That's. Well, you know what, though? I wonder. Okay, that's interesting. I when I was pulling up the notes for this, all the promotional material says streaming January 13th on Peacock. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't say start streaming on January 13th. Right. So that is okay. Yeah. Maybe they're hoping people will tune in and go, oh, I have to watch more. (laughs) And and if it's and if it's released like once a week, that's more than a 30 day trial. Mm -hmm. And then they've yes. got you, and then they've got you forever. Well, or five ever, or five ever <laughs> is that the girls five ever? Yeah, that's why I said. Oh, uh, well, all right. So there you go, January thirteenth, Peacock. Wolf uh, actually, uh, according to Wikipedia, oh. always the you know the the arbiter of truth, uh, you get it all on the thirteenth. So basically, all six episodes oh. will drop on the same day, so you can watch the whole thing at once if you want, or you can slowly pace yourself and you know. A little treat Which after maybe do the dishes and then watch an episode. And, and come back to that, it at your end of the year uh, <laughs> exactly, binge yeah. to clear out your watch until list. December and be like, oh, I got to get it off of my list. <laughs> that makes less sense, but okay. <laughs> um, Kyle, am I next? You player. are next. That's right. You got it. All right. There. So uh, my trailer, I, there were a lot of great trailers this week. Um, okay. So I had to go with this one because my, I have a weird very very weird spot in my heart for Bob's Burgers which is an animated show on the Fox Television Network it's on it's on Hulu as well um of my daughter got me into the show and I have to admit I enjoy it greatly for those of you who watch it I think it has a lot of heart it is a it is a show that has surprising heart and is never mean or cruel like some of the other animated shows right like and and I I totally that's what got me hooked on it so we actually really do enjoy it as a family. And this movie, we were so looking forward to this movie being our reprieve from that first summer of the pandemic. Mm. 
And that's also sad to say the first summer of the pandemic, <laughs> but, but my, we were so excited. We're like, Oh, don't worry. I told my more, this was like, she was like between her junior and senior in high school. And I'm like, no, no, no. The, they got to release it digitally. It'll be out. It'll be out online. We'll see it. Don't worry. We'll have a great thing to look forward to. <laughs> Nothing. So now it is uh, going to be released only in theaters, May 27th. Are you hungry for something good? Something juicy. Come on. How are you doing? What? Something beefy. What is going on? Ta-da! Fresh hot burgers, sexy burgers. Lynn. Why? It's summer and sex sells, baby. Big things are coming for summer, Tina. Take off those bulky jeans to be more aerodynamic. Oh, you're doing it already, great. Big things like that heat rash you get sometimes. Bigger. Stay low, follow my lead. Come, come see. How about what? Just the gasp is great, thank you. Like this? I think we got it, that last one was good. It just looks fun. If you like the show, you're going to love this. If you don't like the show, tune me out. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. Anyway, what'd you guys think? Go ahead, Chrissy. I love Bob's Burgers so much. <laughs> I I do. It's, it's as smart and as funny as the Simpsons were in their heyday, mm. but it nails yes. that the family... In, in spite of all of their really interesting quirks and qualities, they love each other and they encourage each other and they all just have this vibe of just lovability. Each one of each character has uh, a, a, a lovable core and that's that's just so terrific. So I, I can't wait. I'm so excited. Uh, I think it's going to be hilarious. And I always recommend people watch Bob's Burgers. If you're not watching Bob's Burgers, you got to get on that. It's brilliant. Hey, Chrissy, I, I'm not watching Bob's Burgers. <laughs> Can I recommend you watch Bob's Burgers? It's, you see, I'm wearing a shirt. I'm wearing my oh, Bob's Mandalorian shirt, too. <laughs> you will not yeah, regret I it. That, I, I don't. I, I, I'm not against Bob's Burgers. There's a lot of shows that are on that I'm like, ugh, not for me. I just don't get it. Like I watched the first episode and I was like, this is supposed to be a comedy, right? Uh, it's the first season. Again, first oh, season yeah. was a little. Yeah, I get that. They were finding their because it's very different. The show, that show, if you go back and look, whether it's the I don't know if it was the pilot or the pre-production pilot, very different show. Yeah, Like it was not it, it was just a very different show. They had a very different uh, comedic uh, side that they were trying to hit. And the show has evolved. And by the time you get to the second season, it's really fun. I'm just yeah. curious. Anyway. Just, I, 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 I obviously don't know the answer to this. Is there a reason that the two lead females on the show are played by men? They just do the voices that they, well, they just do the voices yeah. that they wanted. They were doing the void. They, they, they have the void. They have the sound that they were after for the characters. Mm -hmm. Okay. okay. Yeah. So is there a preferred jumping on point then? Like I would say anytime the after season? the first season. Yeah, just you can really jump yeah. in anywhere. It's not like there's like 
arcs that you're gonna like really miss out on things like you can jump in almost anywhere and I, the, new, the new season that is coming out or that's current is also great so you could jump in on any one of those oh, yeah. mm, um sure. they have really fun uh thanksgiving episodes which i always recommend are, are are a great place to start they have really fun halloween episodes um one of my favorites is the um oh now i'm not gonna be able to think of the episode where the the wolf of the wharf is like has escaped. Do you know the one I'm talking about, Rob? I know the one. I I don't know the titles. My yeah. daughter would know. Mm-hmm. Um, but any of the Halloween or Thanksgiving ones are going to be great. But they're oh no, this is the one. Die Hard the Musical. When uh, he he uh, Gene writes Die Hard the Musical and uh, Working Girl the Musical. He writes the productions of those of those. Those are great ones. That one, or I would say, and this one I do know because this this was the episode that actually hooked me on the show. Episode five, season two, food trucking. It's the one with all the food trucks. And then Bob gets the food truck. And I'm going to tell you something. There is a moment in that episode that I I cried laughing so much that like the, we had to pause it. I, everyone had to stop doing what they were doing because I literally had to catch my breath because I just thought it was a, t- absolutely hilarious. And see season two. Don't worry about season one. Yeah. There you go. Like the Simpsons, ignore season one. Yeah. Yes, ignore season one. <laughs> so, uh, awesome. All right, Kyle. So a whole different kind of animation uh, <laughs> on for mine. So this yeah. is something that actually my daughter had gotten me into. So um, I am an old school role playing fan. You know, played Dungeons and Dragons, even AD and D. If you want to be that nerdy about it, and and a bunch of other stuff. And so when she got interested, I was of course happy to be like the the guru of like, oh yeah, let me give you a little history of role playing games. And so then now she's running her own campaigns and, and doing all stuff. And so she then went into the world and like actually knows now more about what's going on in in the playing world and so she introduced me to critical role and so critical role now has an animated series coming out it's called the legend of vox machina you can't be seriously considering them for such a task our reputation is less than stellar if killing for gold isn't getting us anywhere Maybe we try doing some good this time? Nah. Boring. So what Critical Role is, is a bunch of voice actors who are who are also were in the industry working and they still are, you know, prominent voice actors, all were role playing together and they decided they were going to live stream their role playing. And from that, an empire was born. They, they've like set new records on on Twitch. They've set they, they had one of the highest things ever on Kickstarter. I mean, basically, people have have embraced this and loved it. And so they had their adventure and it ended. And, and now they have taken that adventure and condensed it and created an animated series based on that adventure. And so they are doing the voices of their own characters that they originally played wow. in the role-playing game. That it was just It's just this it's, it's new media at, at its finest. I love that the fact that it even exists. This is amazing to me. <laughs> when I went online, I'm like, okay, well, if I want to see this, just like a true nerd that I am, I want to start at the beginning. I want to, like, like let's, I'm going to go back to the beginning. And, like, I, I went online, and the first thing I read was, yeah, don't. 
Like, <laughs> if you want to start at the beginning, don't. I was like, oh, is, was it bad? They're like, no, you'll never catch up. Because what I found out <laughs> is they went, they did a weekly show that was four hours long. And then sometimes they did multiple during the week. So they said right now, if you decided to like just dedicate your life to just watching every episode of Critical Role, you'd be watching for 42 days straight. Oh, geez. It's a, over 180 hours of video. And it was like, <laughs> oh, okay, yeah, I think I'll just oh, go yeah, from no. here. And so, so, so this is great for me because I do not know the story of uh, Vox Machina. So I'm coming into this completely cold. I know, I know the world. I know the actors, and that's it. So like the rest of you, don't feel like you need to have any prior knowledge. It's just a, a flat-out animated adventure, and I got to say the animation mm. looks amazing. So now I've given you way more information than you needed. <laughs> What did you think of the trailer before I, I uh, in, inflicted my own views onto you? Go ahead. I think it looks really fun, and I think it looks really funny. I, too, have been uh, told that I would love Critical Role and I should experience Critical Role, and I'm afraid to, <laughs> based on how, just how much there is. Uh, so I think this is a genius way mm -hmm. to, get, to get us to hop in uh, in a very non-threatening, like, hey, let's just have fun. Don't worry about how many hours you may end up watching as a result of loving this. Um, so I'm into it. Wait, it looks great. It looks absolutely hilarious. Any Anytime you have profanity in a cartoon, right. come on, right? For the most part. Um, here's the deal. For those of you who remember, in the mid-2000s, there was a show on Comedy Central called Drawn Together. Oh. This yeah. has crazy drawn together vibes. Okay. <laughs> and I was like, and I got a, and that show is, that was a outrageous. reality show. Wasn't was that the premise? Yeah, it was, it was, it was a, right. It was like, as if you had taken at the height of reality television or, or not. Um, like if you take SpongeBob SquarePants and Superman and like Josie and the Pussycats and put them all into a, into a house and had them all live together. That's and like Betty Boop, like and it a, was a Pikachu, ridiculous. right? Like mm. a Pikachu, a Pikachu like yes, Zelda. <laughs> like if you brought all these characters in, the interactions from that show. That's that's totally what I thought of when I watched this trailer, and that's not a bad thing unless you hated that show. <laughs> but. I I am totally interested in this. So, yeah, I will watch it. I think it will be funny. It will be gratuitous. Ah, that's good. Yeah, that they, I, they, I don't think they've even announced how it's sing, coming out on the 28th of this month. But January 28th. But, uh, but I don't know. But we don't know. Is that the first episode? Is that the entire season? It's Amazon, so they could go either way. So by the time you hear this, you'll know. But at this point, <laughs> we're just waiting for what will be the definitely the first episode on the 28th. I mean, I guess we learned a lesson that you don't know what you're going to get with if it's a movie, if it's a series, if it's all True. at once, if it's one by one. Like, that's how they're going to surprise us and keep us on our toes these days. That's right. <laughs> keep it surprising. Well, it looks 2022. <laughs> Nobody knows yeah. anything. Uh, good picks. All right. That was a good. That was a, a very enjoyable. I was I'm excited about these now. Uh, all right. So it's time for uh, what we usually call as a game. We've done all different kinds of things, and, and I'm just going to say this right now. I was so excited, Chrissy, that you were coming on. I, I thought, okay, what can I do to bring in some of your world in here? Uh, one of the things that we love to do when we try to do these games is uh, we've done brackets. Brackets sometimes go a long time. I know I've I've done I've I've had you know varying as the uh, as the uh, innovator of some of these. I'm I'm like okay, I, I want to do something a little bit. I know, right? Hmm. 
so we're going to do something different. This is just going to be matchups. These are just matchups. I am going to present to you a matchup. It's going to be of movies, and the two of you will hash it out which one wins. Where did I pull these movies from? Oh, that's right. I pulled them from a podcast called The Most Excellent 80s Movies Podcast. (laughs) So this is the most excellent 80s movies podcast movies matchups. Oh, my God. I'm so excited. Uh, So so the rules are Chrissy and I then have to pick one. Of the, of yes. the two, you're going to right? And then if, Pick if a we winner. can't, then you have to be the tiebreaker. Then I will be the tiebreaker. Okay. Oh, okay. And there's no, and there's no, don't, there's no other rounds or anything. This is just it. Well, We're just I, doing I this. know the movies okay. that they've covered, and so there's nothing but winners here. So it's just going to be. Well, I don't, I don't know. There's a couple of, <laughs> couple of real headaches in there. <laughs> now, where this got fun was come curating the matchups. Because mm. this, I spent a little time on stuff, so I'm excited about this. All right, so we have 14 matchups. Here they are. Number one, <gasps> Xenomorphs versus Terrorists. That's right, 1986's Aliens versus 1988's Die Hard. Oh. What? <laughs> what? Oh, man. Let's, the uh, first thing to do is since, since he, he said the terrorists were the aliens, let's eliminate the leaders. So this is not about the alien queen and this is not about Hans Gruber. So okay. let's All right. move them aside. That's an interesting conversation, but I think let's... Or is it, or is it, or is it Hans Gruber versus Paul Reiser? Oh, is oh. the true villain of it. Or is it... That's true. <laughs> or, they are the true bad or guys. Or is it the corporate overlords? Is that the true villain of <laughs> Yes. It? It's Nakatomi after all. <laughs> oh, that's uh, right. Yeah. <laughs> I know if he had just given him the code, everything would have been fine. We, um, they would have just packed up and got the heck out of there. Right. Greed. Greed is the true villain of all those, both those movies. Okay, so, so just alien foot soldiers versus terrorist foot soldiers oh okay uh well if we're looking at it that way i th- i mean i think that the aliens would take out the terrorists easy peasy oh, okay. if you want to um, do it by by pure you know strength and force, speed sure. and but um, if you want to go by like charisma then obviously you have carl and you have tony and you have the i mean i came the guy who the guy uh Doing the technology, I can't remember what his the name is. Nerd, the yeah, nerdy exactly. guy who gets punched in the face. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, there's a lot more exciting personality than there are to the the you know clone and repeat of the xenomorphs. But then you've also got like, if you take it from the point of view of like, if you have a uh, McLean versus Ripley. Oh. Uh, you know, I mean, I go, I go Ripley. Mix, but but it's terrorists versus aliens. Not, terrorists not Xeno- yeah, okay, that's true. Xenomorphs versus terrorists. I mean, I got it. The xenomorphs are, first of all, the terrorists from the 80s are going to be like, uh, what is that? I, you know, like, <laughs> true. We all have this fabulous <laughs> moose quaff. And I'm, and I'm wonderful gray sweats. <laughs> yes. And I'm prepared to, uh, uh, hijack, a uh, uh, vault or heist a vault but i'm not prepared for things that drop out of the ceiling and have little uh inner mouth munchers (laughs) what do you call that (laughs) (laughs) i say xenomorphs okay i I say terrorists because i think they're they're, they're a lot more interesting Wait, I just want to say this. You guys both can see me. I'm grinning from ear to ear throughout this entire conversation because I didn't actually mean it. Like, I didn't. I was just coming up with a cool name for the oh. <laughs> like, We take our game I mean, seriously here. It was more like, no, 
it, the conversation just totally made me so happy. Like the whole idea I had was, was that they're both movies about one person uh, with a gun true. against a ton of stuff. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And the, and the <laughs> well-armed, well-trained people matter, yes. do not matter at all. It comes down to so, heart. I am so thrilled that you guys went so deep into that conversation. Yeah. Um, oh, I gotta say, I'm gonna give the I'm gonna give the nod to uh, Die Hard. Because oh, okay. J- yeah, you can't go wrong it, with choosing Die Hard for anything. Wrong. It's so hard though. I mean, because that's I mean, I never thought I would have to you know pick between those two movies, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm gonna go with Die Hard. Okay, very well. All right, good. <laughs> all right, all right. That that was uh, that was going. Okay, so here now, as you can see, the topic's gonna change. Okay. Category number two. The 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 category is: Are we gonna get there? And you have 1980s airplane versus 1987's trains, planes, and automobiles. Oh, interesting. Each one is one voyage, you know, start to finish. We're going to a destination and uh, we're going to encounter obstacles along Mm. the way. We are paired up with uh, perhaps not the best of companions to Mm. help us through this. Okay. I like where you're going. Okay. But in the end, I think that see now I'm reversing my own opinion before I even said it. I was going to say I think that you know um, you'll John Candy will get you there. Mm-hmm. You know he'll get you where you need to go. You're just going to have to have a relationship with him along the way. Uh, and that's the price of doing business. The airplane people though they'll make they'll make sure you don't fall out of the sky. I don't know but they also will serve you the fish. <laughs> I remember I had the lasagna. Um, so I say I say planes trains and automobiles well I I think I I can answer with a a visual thing because I just recently purchased the steel book of planes trains automobiles and I just happen to have sitting right next to me (laughs) so yes planes trains and automobiles good all right excellent Um, all right number three Uh, this is another versus matchup tiny terror Versus Tiny Terrors. Mm. That's right. 1988's Child's Play mm. versus 1984's Gremlins. Oh, wow. Mm. I, I mean, the Gremlins are nigh on to unstoppable. True. <laughs> I mean, I say, unless I just, there's sunlight. I mean, Chucky can go out in the sun. Well, yeah, Chucky, Chucky got a lot more sequels. I mean, for God's sake, he's got his own television series right now. Yes. So, like the longevity of Chucky is amazing. Wow. Uh, and, and anything that gets Brad Dorf work, I'm all for. However, <laughs> my wife is terrified of of dolls and being a doll attack. So in, in, to save my marriage, I have to vote Gremlin. That's what yeah. I would vote for anyway. It's just I think Gremlins has this this bizarre Looney Tunes spirit to it. And they have the numbers. They, they do. have the numbers. Like, yes, sunlight is their weakness, but water is what That's right. spawns them. So one rainy day, if you're anywhere near the Pacific Northwest, you're That's in big, big trouble. <laughs> That's right. Gremlins take Seattle. <laughs> All right. Gremlins is the winner. All right. Very nice. All right. Number four. The category is run for Chicago. That's right. 1980s. The Blues Brothers. Oh, nice. Versus 1986's Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Okay. To me, the answer is obvious. So I, I will let oh, you go first, Kyle. Obvious. Okay. <laughs> uh, 
In the world of, of cameos, you really can't do better than Steven Spielberg, so I'm going <laughs> to have to go with the Blues Brothers. <laughs> Incorrect. Okay, uh, tell me why. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, I think Ferris Bueller clearly runs that town, uh, hmm. and if he was on a mission from God, he would have simply accomplished it um, <laughs> with style and flair and had a whole parade uh, uh get on board and help him out with it so i think there's nothing ferris bueller can't do okay all right rob and th this one pained me because i was thinking to myself well, what would, how would i pick this if i had to say what was the movie that was more instrumental mm. in in my teenage years it's Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Yeah. Because I didn't appreciate I the Blues that. Brothers until later. Yep, I agree with so. that. I had, I had the same thing, too, because Ferris Bueller was hugely influential. In it. Oh, yeah, I didn't see Blues Brothers until much later. And I didn't see the unedited Blues Brothers until much later and went, oh, wow. <laughs> oh, well, wait a minute. <laughs> I saw same. the TBS version for yeah. years before I saw that. Same. <laughs> all right, Ferris Bueller. All right, very good. Um, all right, number five. Kurt versus Russell. <gasps> Oh, that's right. 1981's Escape from New York. And can you believe it? One year later, 1982's The Thing. Oh, yeah. Oh, dang. Oh, <laughs> yeah. dang. Okay. Um, well, for me, this one's pretty easy. Uh, also because it, it, it has a little pain place in my heart because uh, I was supposed to go this week and take my daughter to see The Thing, which she has never seen before in theaters. And unfortunately, COVID kept us from going. So I couldn't go out to see this. So I, I have to vote for The Thing just because I, I'm desperate to show it to her. And I can't really do it while her eight-year-old sister is around. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah, no. Was place to do it. And so, yeah. That will scar you for life if yeah. seen in the wrong moment. Um right. Ooh, but is but is that is that Kurt Russell? You know, at his he's Kurt Russelliest. At his Kurt Russelliest, yeah. is there anything Kurt Russellier than a Snake Plissken? I love Snake Plissken, and I and I do not like Escape from New York. I think Escape oh. from New York, the film, is really boring. I've had, Interesting. I've had a hard time getting through it, but I I think that is a great character. I just don't think that it was very well served mm -hmm. by that particular movie. It's not aged extremely well. True. I think if you uh, take into consideration that there's a pretty good chance that the end of the thing, he is a thing, mm, then then he would be nigh unto unstoppable. Mm. If he, if, he, wow. if he can ever... He was, a, he was a planet, for goodness sakes. And it's true. Kurt Russell can do anything. Um, and so one of I, the best Santa Clauses of all time. Absolutely. So I, I think the true. real winner is... Uh, America? Yeah, uh, we are the real the winner. World. I think the world is the winner. <laughs> He's Gold, a planet for God's Goldie sake. Goldie Hawn is the real <laughs> winner. The real winner. Yes. <laughs> so wait, what's your there, final wait, vote then, Chris? Oh. Yeah, what's your final vote? Oh, I was hoping I wouldn't have to decide. <laughs> um... I'll go. I'll go. Thing. I'll agree with the okay. thing. Oh, all right. I, you convinced hey, me. The thing wins. Nice. Even though a, a, a huge failure at the time, which is crazy because mm -hmm. it's it's yeah. a whole it's a whole vibe now. Right. All right. Very good. Number six. The topic is horrible things happen in bed. <laughs> 1982's Poltergeist versus 1984's Nightmare on Elm Street. Oh, I guess Deathbed the Dead, the Bed That Eats People was from the 70s. So, Yeah. 
Um, and I didn't want to go. And I didn't. I wasn't going to do Friday the Thirteenth versus Nightmare on Elm Street. That's tired. <laughs> that's yeah. That's that's true. We've <laughs> we've, we've had, had that, that talk. We've had that talk. Yeah. yeah. Um, I gotta say, Nightmare on Elm Street for sure. That bed shoots a fountain of never-ending Johnny Depp blood <laughs> into the stratosphere. So, I mean, hard to top that. It's yeah. it sucks him all down, including his. TV, <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and those were not cheap at that time. No, um, so I gotta say, I think that's the scarier situation. Um, as much as I hate the little clown doll that they put at the end of the little girl's bed, um, I'd rather I'd rather spend an evening with that than a, a geyser of uh, Johnny Depp's insides Ooh, interesting it, it's a it's a it's a funny little bit of trivia that has come across our paths this particular week because the house that they used for it else you just sold this week for almost four million dollars and oh, rob do you know what else was shot at that particular home no well if you'd have told me a year ago that i'd be locked inside of my home that's the house that Bo Burnham shot inside in. I'm shocked. What? I'm shocked. I I'm swear. scandalized. You can, if you go on, find the Zillow listing for it. You can go and you can like do a virtual tour. And the the shed that, that that's behind the the house that they use for Nightmare on Elm Street is the place that he, that Bo Burnham shot inside. What? Yes, and that house just sold. For almost four million dollars. Well, when you said that, I was like, "Wait, what? You mean the whole thing was a? Sh- no, it's in a shed. Yeah, it is in a, a little like, like, it's a, like a guest yeah. house, essentially. I mean, yeah, like guest if you house, watch right? The special, you know, because you see what? every single angle of it. Wow. Yeah. Right. M- so, yeah, blown. I got a for Neighbor Elm Street. That just for well, you're crossing generations with relevance. Right? I mean, like that's a good investment. Yeah. Pro- wow. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You're calling Airbnb. I mean, you're gonna. <laughs> My brain is as blown as the Johnny Depp blood. Yes. Good stuff. All right, so wait, so night is Nightmare on Elm Street the one? Yeah. All right, okay, very good. All right, number seven. <laughs> it's it's cop versus cop. <laughs> it's 1988's The Naked Gun <gasps> versus 1987's RoboCop. Oh. <laughs> I thought Axel Foley was going to show up in here. We haven't done Axel <laughs> well, no, Foley yet. We haven't done. They haven't, haven't done, done yet. yet. Yeah. Okay. No, I, I we keep can't, we keep putting it on the the list, and then we'll get excited about something else and forget about it. We got it. We'll yeah. got to do that one soon. Uh, maybe we'll have y'all on to to discuss Ooh, it. Nice. Um, well, here's the thing, though. If anyone could mess up a RoboCop scenario. <laughs> It, it would be Leslie Nielsen, right? Yeah. Would that not be an amazing crossover? Oh my God, be I mean, so seriously. Good. <laughs> Here's your partner. You got a new partner. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody write that fanfic. Oh, I need to seriously. See no I, can't, I can't. I can't. I can't unsee that now. Yeah, I have to pick Flank Tribbett now just because I want to see the two of them on patrol. Mm-hmm. You have 20 seconds to comply and then like some kind of like pun based visual mm-hmm. joke. Uh, Dead or alive, put your pants back on. <laughs> like, <laughs> seriously. Uh, all right. That's it. I mean, I know that's a crazy matchup, but you got to pick one. So here we go. I think that that uh, Lieutenant Frank Drip, Drebin mm-hmm. would 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 somehow come out on top of that matchup. Yeah. Oh, awesome. Oh, I love it. All right. 
Naked Gun is the winner. All right. Uh, category number eight, Small Trouble, 1982's E.T. or 1986's Short Circuit. <laughs> Essentially the same creature mm. with and without skin. <laughs> yes. Oh, interesting. Wow. Um, Johnny Five had more lasers. True. And E.T. is a hideous beast. <laughs> <laughs> I would agree with that because basically that movie also has not aged well. Like no. you watch it now and you're like, what is no. going Like, why was this no. appropriate family? And interestingly, that is the movie that almost destroyed the thing. Like, I mean, it came out almost the same time as the thing. And everybody was like, E.T. Everybody's like, what do you do with this weird uh, alien taking over people's and like, no, no, aliens are cute. And they touch flowers and bring them back to life. What are you doing? This whole running around with a dog. Like, come on. Yeah, I E.T. is not cute, though. Mm -mm. He's a, a monster. Yeah. I don't care what flowers he brings back to life. And, you know, and the government agents in Short Circuit always carry guns, not walkie-talkies. That's true. They don't they don't try and pretend that they're not uh, wielding guns while chasing teenagers. They're just really that's open right. about it. Um, wow. <laughs> oh, I think that's that's consensus there. Oh, so short, short Circuit's the winner. Yeah. All right. All right. Very good. Number five right, number is nine. alive. Yeah. Uh, this one's hormones versus hormones. <laughs> 1985's The Breakfast Club versus 1987's Dirty Dancing. Oh, God, I thought you were going to say Porky's. Oh, man. <laughs> no, they haven't done Porky's. We haven't done Porky's. <laughs> I, you got to go first on this one, Kyle, because oh, I... Oh, boy, I, I, I'm having a hard time. Um, I'll just talk randomly until you get instead of going. Um, there is a wave of female empowerment in Dirty Dancing, I think much more than that. I mean, like points can be made. Like I, I've heard the debate and stuff too, but the fact that there is enough of a debate, I think makes it worthy of, of sort of higher discussion or whatever, just because there, it's, it's not just a, a typical, like young girl falls for handsome guy kind of thing. There's a lot more going on, uh, especially mm -hmm. in that world. Plus the fact that it still is part of the cultural lexicon like that, that you, nobody puts baby in a corner is still like, here it is, you know, 2022. And you can say that and everybody knows exactly what you're talking about. I'm like, that's a movie from like 40 years ago. And like, everybody's like, no, I know exactly what it is. I've had the time of my life. I mean, there's just so much of it that, and and they've only done one quasi sequel. which mm. has its own weird And nobody story. speaks of and that. Nobody, that and nobody speaks exist. of that, right. And so it, it came through intact because of that. Like, right. you know, it's sort of like they try, like, we do it again. No, it doesn't matter. It's still like the cultural juggernaut. So, I mean, I think dirty dancing is hard to think beat. Dirty dancing. Well, I think the what question think? is, are hormones good or are hormones bad? If mm. hormones are bad, then we're seeing oh so much of the worst kind of hormones in the breakfast club. Um, they're all just being triggered to be their worst selves. Um, yeah. If hormones are good and they... Um, invite us to dance and find out who we really are and be lifted up both literally and figuratively um then oh man then I'm, it's about dirty dancing. Throw, I'm about to throw a wrench in this whole conversation uh -oh. <laughs> i apologize but here's the thing so if you're seeing yourself as as the the girl or the guy in there sure but it but we're all parents mm. so who would you want your, you know, 
theoretical daughter to date. Oh, Johnny Castle. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, Johnny Castle. It's a stand up guy. Yeah. Also, I am crazy for Swayze. And <laughs> I'll, I'll vote Swayze almost almost categorically down the line. Yeah. And also, if you're if we're thinking in terms of like what has the most effect on my personal hormones, mm. it's going to be dirty dancing. Okay. Well, there you go. I think we've got a winner. I always right, vote with Chrissy's hormones. <laughs> that's a winner. The hormones win. All right. So, all right. Our next one: bike or horses? 1985's Pee Wee's Big Adventure or 1986's The Three Amigos. Oh, wow. Oh, that's such a good matchup because they're both so weird. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh, man. I love the completely gonzo bizarre world that both of those things inhabit. And so the invisible swordsman singing bushes versus large Marge and, you know. Oh man! And the horses do sing a little bit in Three Amigos. They have True. the whole like boom, 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 boom. Um, but Pee Wee's bike is the MacGuffin that drives that whole movie. This is true. Um, Three Amigos, they can get where they're going by hang. Don't they hang onto the side of a plane at some point? <laughs> a male. It's a male plane. <laughs> Um, <laughs> you know how you can tell. Yeah. Um, and and I and Pee Wee will is really ride or die for that bike. True. And I think we all wanted Pee Wee's bike. Oh heck yeah. yeah, heck yeah! And in the eighties, which were a time ruled by bikes, if you had right. a bike, you were there was nothing you couldn't do. That right. bike was was Bikes the bike. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. Yeah, I think I think we're gonna have to go with the basement of the Alamo, Rob. Yep. There's All no right. basement at the Alamo. <laughs> Excellent. All right. Uh, our next one. This is another uh, uh, man versus man. Sylvester versus Stallone. <laughs> That's right. 1985. 1985. By the way, big year for Sylvester Ooh, Stallone. Yeah. Rocky Four versus Rambo: First Blood Part Two. <laughs> Oof. Or okay. second blood. They should have just called it second blood. Okay, yeah, oh, yeah, true. Okay, so <laughs> remind me which one is Rocky for. This is Drago. Oh, the Russian. Drago. Oh, that's Drago. Okay, that's Ivan Drago. Okay, montage. It. Yeah, it's montage. He's okay. dragging logs through sure. the tundra. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, couldn't remember. I couldn't remember what happened in three, so I was trying to remember if that was the, the uber super patriotic one. Yeah, both of those were just about screaming America in your face. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Uh, Rocky Four ends with a speech about how we can all just get along. Hey, yo. Hey. Um, <laughs> So uh, at the mid, I guess there's a possibility that it's supposed to be that Creed three is going to rewrite the narrative on Rocky four, but we'll see what happens there. Um, but uh, I think in terms of let's say honoring of the franchise, I would say Rocky four holds up because it tells a consistent story where going from first blood to second blood <laughs> is a wildly like like head scratchingly uh, neck twisting <laughs> switch from like very angry troubled Vietnam veteran to 
uber patriot, you know, blowing up the commies for for Uncle Sam. It's it's a it's quite a head spin uh, from one to the next. So I would vote for Rocky just because uh, Rocky Balboa from beginning to end was a consistently written character, even if his adventures did get somewhat weird in the middle. Yeah, I mean, like Rocky really knows who he is. He's just yeah. a guy who wants a robot and a pet turtle and right. will let you punch him in the face. Like, that's right. just who he is. And um, I think that Rocky is, would find a way to win based on like heart. Like he would have the drive to, mm-hmm. to keep on going. Um, and I, I think he would be genuinely amused by John Rambo and they would become friends. And in that way, I think Rocky would win. True. And Friendship. I'd make fun of his hair. Yeah. Friendship would be the, the friends they made along (laughs) friendship would be friendship would be the friends they made i stand by it can i tell you something it doesn't matter this is the most profound statements ever made about either of these movies (laughs) so that's amazing all right there we go all right just a few more left pilot versus pilot 1984 is the last starfighter Mm. versus 1986's top gun Mm. Oh, wow. Um, uh, just off the top of my head, Death Blossom. I mean, come I mean, on. They were I, in I a mean, just 4G watched Top Gun again. inverted dive with a MiG-28. Yeah, but Death Blossom. <laughs> I don't know, man. I, 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 I've watched Top Gun again recently, and um, I'm like, I, you know, like with my nostalgia eyes wide like oh man there's new sequel I'm on Top Gun I was like this is not a very good movie oh no it's not (laughs) it's probably at least a third of the movie is just stock footage Mm, it's a a commercial for becoming a naval aviator yeah yeah. but that isn't and and I sort of watched it again I'm like yeah Iceman's right about almost everything in this movie like he's the villain but like no I, I sort of would uh, go on his side. Like, maybe we don't need, you know, wild uh, cowboys flying around in these uh, death-dealing machines doing whatever yeah. they want. Yeah, I think uh, maybe calm reason is better uh, yes. <laughs> when you're operating uh, a, a machine designed to kill. Yeah, uh, Maverick is the bad guy in that yeah. in that movie in every yeah. way. Um, yeah. But I think that he would he win like if they were just in a pilot mm, off okay. like he would find a way to hit sky breaks and Rob, then would they have their wingmen uh no no okay no okay yeah then i, then I can't I, believe then I, then I can't I, believe i got asked that question but yeah <laughs> so by, by that thing, no. i'm gonna have to i would say probably then yeah chrissy then you're you're right like okay. i like pilot to pilot I would Maverick. Maverick, yeah, Maverick yeah. is going to win. Oh. And you can, and I can only hum that theme. I can't hum less. <laughs> All right, um, Rob, okay. You I, take my breath away. You, hey, <laughs> you lost that love and feeling. <laughs> Listen, um, okay. You knew this was inevitable. This matchup had to happen. It was only a matter of time. That's right. It's Khan versus Nazis. Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan versus Raiders of the Lost Ark. Wow. And I say, I was in the room when Chrissy recorded the Wrath of Khan episode. The Lost episode. The Lost episode. That's right. With a a very, very (laughs) involved fan. 
who did this not is, uh, did not in your seventies with a lot of opinions about Star Trek. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Yes, my co-host Nathan Blackwell is still mad at that lady. <laughs> Who will not be named clearly? No, I she was. She just like had a, like a, in the recording of the episode, which was a live record. Like it was a, oh. you know with an audience. Like she she really had a lot to say. I mean, oh, wow. I would love to see Ricardo Montalban mm. go go hard against some Nazis. Um, I think that his vision of the world is possibly better. Mm. <laughs> Well, <laughs> wow. <laughs> I think they would agree on genocide, but they probably yeah. might disagree on against whom. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, the, it, there are a lot of Nazis in Raiders, but like who mm-hmm. is who is your main big bad? I mean, in Raiders, is it um Bella? Yeah. yeah, is it is it he you know, he gets his whole entire face melted off. Um True. Oof. Ooh, that's a, I mean, I think I have to just go for style points and say con. Yeah. Yeah, I think the uh the rich Corinthian leather of his chest really I think makes the the big bit difference because yeah I think I think the personality will out you know like mm-hmm. having that one that guy as opposed to a bunch of people in matching uniforms yeah you know? also like can you just picture like like they're they're having their confrontation and he just like unbuttons his shirt and like <laughs> unleashes his the magic of his like glistening pectoral muscles and that's yeah. what melts the Nazis yeah that's <laughs> yeah. and that that guy could give a speech oh yeah uh, he would just, you know, perform Shakespeare all the time. That's and right. I'd be there for it. Yeah, I'm afraid that in this case, Rob, the Nazis were buried alive. <laughs> buried well, alive. and Indy, Indy's not going to, what can he do with those earworm things that he put in his helm, you know, his hat? Mm-hmm. And then he put, no, you can't do that. Well, I think all we've right. learned that Indy just has to do nothing and everything will turn He's out all fine, right? Isn't that what Raiders Luck taught us? No? Yeah. Is, that, is that settled? Is that settled science now? <laughs> 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 oh boy Alright that's a good one Alright so Star Trek 2 Wrath of Khan mm-hmm. winner Alright so the last one And I couldn't I couldn't do this it, It's just You're gonna have to hash it out The category is Once Upon a Time It is It's four Four movies The Princess Bride <gasps> The Never Ending Story Ooh. Willow And Return to Oz Oh Okay Okay, okay. <laughs> That's brilliant But also how dare you I know <laughs> I know I know Ooh. Oh boy Um, um Ooh, yeah, I have I have strong feelings about all of these movies. Of course. Now, and, of, and the, and of the those one movies, episode I was on your podcast was to talk about Return, Return to Oz, Oz and be to to rep the flag. Now, those are all great. I, but I think that Princess Bride is possibly the most perfect of perfect tens. Mm. And if I were going to live in one of those kingdoms. Mm. Oh, interesting. I would probably want to to live in in the the kingdom of uh, Princess Bride because okay. because I would know the secrets of the fire swamp. <laughs> interesting. Okay, so if you go by the category of which would be the best place to live, hmm. or yeah. or you know, I mean, the never ending story would be a close second but it never ends 
that's true. I mean, come on, stories have to end. Um, and I would never ever oh, want to go. This was nothing in uh, into the world of Willow. No, <laughs> no, thank you. Um, and I wouldn't want to go to to that scary ass Oz. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty terrifying. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I gotta say, I mean, I'd say by God, man, I love all those movies. Um, yeah, I, I think Princess Bride is a hard one to beat in this case for that reason. And also for, I would agree like I say, I was talking about this on another podcast recently. I say the only problem I have with Princess Bride at all is that the score did not age terribly well. I wish they had had a full orchestral score and Mark, not Mark Knopfler's music with a keyboard. Like that's the only part of the movie that like, and that's like the, the minorest of minor points, the rest of it. Perfect. So yeah, I think yeah, princess bride, the princess bride is hard to beat in pretty much any category. But, princess bride. Yeah, princess Yay. bride. That is awesome. All right. What a, Oh, you guys did fantastic. <laughs> that was, I that was the most fun I've ever had in my entire life. <laughs> well, I get, well, uh, here's only the 10. thing. If you're, <laughs> You got a lot of living. No, no, uh, okay, here's the deal. Not only is it great just because of all the wonderful movies that you've talked about in your podcast, you know what that list is? If you're ever looking for amazing double feature movie nights in your household, mm. there you go. Yeah. Because that's incredible pairings. And I, there were a couple of these that I was like, yeah, we're doing these because yeah. I totally want to watch yeah. this. Maybe not Poltergeist and Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah, maybe not back to back. Let's see. Let's get that maybe one. not. Yeah, maybe, maybe not. not don't go back to back with The Thing and Princess Bride. <laughs> oh, yeah. You, don't you be, no, be no, more no. suspicious of everyone as you're watching. It. Oh, yeah. No, you don't want that. Yeah. Well, and I don't know. The Naked Gun Robocop night. That mm, would be fun. That would. <laughs> well, you'd be you'd be go from like we're all doomed and uh-huh. the future is going to be terrible to like we're going to be OK. <laughs> Yeah, or and yeah, also two very different sides of law enforcement. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and these are their stories. Yeah. <laughs> these are their stories. <laughs> All right, I'm going to uh, pay some bills here. Okay. Nice um, job, hey. Rob. That was yes, fun. Thank, thank you. That was wonderful. Thank you for every all your hard work. While, every once, every once in a while, I'm back and I'm out of the purgatory uh, cell that I was in. Everything's fine. I'm trying to figure it out. Um, all right, but hey, listener, I'm talking to you. Um, are you just a casual friend of the next reel, or would you like to really get to know? all the reels. That's right. You can get exclusive access to everything going on down here. Just head over to the nextreel.com slash membership. The most it'll cost you is a five spot a month. That's the most, the most. Members get access to live streams as we record, early access to shows in your very own personal podcast feed, access to the super secret member channels and discord, member bonus episodes, and even stickers. And I want to tell you this right now, there's a new sticker coming soon. And let me just say, it's got someone's face all over it. You'll want to put that face on your stuff. So you and I know there's it's just a secret. It's coming. Don't worry. If you're wondering what movies the next reel is going to be talking about about in the coming weeks and months, you can visit our headquarters page on Letterboxd. That's no 30 where you'll find a list of all the movies in the 2021 2022 season. And while you're there, Letterboxd is offering a discount to anyone listening to the next reel. Just use the code next reel. That's with three E's. Anyway, at checkout, and you can upgrade your Letterboxd account to pro or patron with a 20% off discount. The discount also works for renewals. That's it. All right, we got to do this. It's the Me Memorial List Challenge. Uh, Chrissy, this is the uh, this is sometimes an infamous segment of the show. Um, really interesting last week. Um, funny old Robs is the I think is the topic. <laughs> no, no. And I had no, and I had all these Rob Reiner movies. No, I, I think no, I think if you if you go look on the sheet, I think it's, <laughs> I think it's funny old. 
broads. Broads. I I corrected myself. I had that list of Rob Reiner films, which I will say for a later show. But then I, I was just, like, I oh, just okay, picked fine. Princess Bride three times for that. Yeah. One, so. <laughs> so, it's really good. Um, funny old broads because we're still yes. Oh, all our memories of Betty White. Uh, that was a great conversation in last week's episode. Um, we've got this. So funny old broads. And we are going to go in order of the trailers. Uh, Chrissy, what's your first pick? Oh, goodness. Oh, gosh. Oh, gosh. Okay. Mm-hmm. This is the problem okay. getting in your trailer first. Is that you also <laughs> be first in everything else. Oh, yeah. You're first now. Sorry. Um, my first choice is I Love You to Death. Okay. A movie from the very early 90s that um, stars Kevin Klein mm-hmm. and Tracy Ullman. And the um, the funny Very Italian themed, if I remember right, it is. So he he plays an Italian uh, gentleman who is married to Tracy Ullman, um, who is not Italian. I think she's she's mm-hmm. they're slightly different. Uh, they're like Eastern European or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and she discovers that he is uh, cheating on her, and with her mom, who is the funny old broad. Mm. Hatches a plan to kill him <laughs> by uh, by poisoning him, shooting him, hiring hitmen to try and kill him, um, and it's a very funny, very overlooked movie. Um, Tracy Ullman's best friend is played by River Phoenix, um, mm. and there are two hapless hitmen played by uh, John Hurt and Keanu Reeves. <laughs> Wow. Yes. And I have the voice of the mom in my head when everything she says is uh, really hilarious. And she says in her very fun accent all the time, can you imagine? Can you imagine? (laughs) And it's great. (laughs) Wow. I I know that movie existed, but I have never seen it. It's it's really funny. Okay. Well, I think I, I remember it because Kevin, well, that was Kevin Klein's heyday well, and not that he's never had a d- yeah. down day, but I mean, like his heyday, that's, there were a lot of great movies that uh, he had out in the, in the early mid nineties. Mm-hmm. Great pick. Um, all right. I'm going to go. My, yeah, I'm next. Uh, okay. My first one. Okay. In the mid nineties uh, on that theme, we had this, uh, this boatload of politically themed movies either about people who had lives in politics or after. And there was this incredibly odd movie in 1994. It starred Nicolas Cage and Shirley MacLaine called Guarding Tess. Oh, yeah, I've seen that. (laughs) And Guarding Tess. So Shirley MacLaine plays kind of like a Nancy Reagan-esque widow of a president. And Nicolas Cage is the Secret Service agent assigned to her. I, I will tell you, there is a soft spot, a soft spot in my heart for many of these types of movies. The uh, my fellow Americans, uh, all of like, the, and of course, Dave. There's another Kevin Klein uh, movie. Um, I just love it, and she was great in this. Guarding Tess. Wow, and that, another movie I had not thought about in, in years. Solid, solid yeah. pick. It's interesting. For all of our our first picks, we all chose fairly obscure movies because that also Mm -hmm. fits into my thing as well. So I'm picking a a movie. So for mine, my theme is basically scene stealers. 
So like all the women I have chosen are mine are oh. not necessarily weren't weren't necessarily the lead, but like had a very small amount of screen time, but did a maximum amount of damage during that screen time. They were just amazing. They come in, they kill, and then they get out. So uh, first one is actually from a pretty obscure movie from 2008. It's called The Women. It was written and directed by Diane English. The gimmick of The Women is that everyone in the movie is a woman. There are no men in the movie at all. And that includes every crowd scene, every restaurant scene, everything. There is there are no men in it at all. Uh, and there's a lot of fantastic female performances in there. Like the movie itself is, uh, but uh, the one who I, I remember uh, and comes in and like has basically one great scene is... Candace Bergen. Candace Bergen comes in in one scene as like the mom of, of sort of one of the main characters and just has this incredible lunch with her daughter and just I remember that just it just burns the movie down and then just exits like it's just fantastic like I said I actually tried to find it and I couldn't find it again I only found that like a little little clips on YouTube and stuff too because it's kind of an obscure thing but yeah so Candace Bergen because even just just Candace Bergen herself love a Candace Bergen yeah well, and we're and we're watching her on Boston Legal right oh, now nice. on those when she had her. St- oh, she is hilarious, and the stuff that she did on that show. Let me just tell you, I, it, a lot of range. She yeah. uh, she always yeah. Makes people who think of her as only Murphy Brown, like you, you no. don't know. She's got yeah, no. she's got a lot of great pick. Um, all right, Chrissy, what's your number two? Okay. My number two choice is because uh, the the women eventually become old broads, but they are mm. definitely they start. The premise of the movie is based somewhat on them being older broads than they'd like to be. Uh, and so I chose Death Becomes Her. Oh, great choice. Oh. Uh, it is one of my favorite hilarious movies uh Meryl Streep and Goldie Hawn are chef's kiss brilliant mm-hmm. um Bruce Willis is great in it too um there's nothing bad about this movie it's so funny uh and it's very quotable and um they they're brilliant in it so they uh, are two women who are competitive with each other. They're fighting over Bruce Willis as the love interest. And then, uh, years down the line, they both end up, uh, sort of becoming beautiful zombies <laughs> in a way. Yeah. Yeah. That's that, that movie's fascinating too, because there's a whole alternate version of that movie out there somewhere that they, with entirely different subplot and everything else. And they completely gutted it and changed it. And the movie that we saw is, is like the second version of it. I've always oh. hoped somewhere in some vault they like would bring out the original. I think Tracy Ullman, I think was actually a major, had a major role in that movie that was almost entirely cut out. Wow. If I'm remembering right. There's a, but yeah, that's a great, great pick. It's it plus it has uh, inc- uh, special effects that have aged very well. Oh, yeah. There's um, the corridor crew, which is a bunch of guys who are special effects artists. They have a YouTube channel where they'll they'll go back to certain movies and analyze the special effects. There's an episode they did about um, about Death Becomes Her, and they were impressed. They went, "Wow, there are some because there are a lot of things that happen to the to the ladies in the movie that they're like, wow, for that time for the early '90s." Really well done. 1992, super early 90s. Yeah. And the best quote possible from that movie is when they, she drinks this potion and and she drinks it. And then the woman who gave it to her says, and now a warning, 
<laughs> and, and, now she, and now a warning? Yeah. <laughs> nice, nice pick. Um, all right, so my second pick uh, is I have talked about the original movie. This is the, the my pick for this one is a sequel. Um, I've talked about my great love for the original movie on an old episode. Uh, this one is 1995's Grumpier Old oh. Men uh, with Anne Margaret and Sophia Loren, of course, also with Jack Lemmon and Walter Matthau. Uh, I, lo- I mean, th- there was a big run on these movies in that decade, and the this one is really great. And Margaret is awesome. Sophia Loren steals the show mm-hmm. uh, with her comedic timing, which you wouldn't at that time. No one thought like Sophia Loren's going to be literally in this movie for real. Um, just a great, fun movie. And you give props to just uh, masters of comedy of a generation mm-hmm. that are in that in that film. Yeah, actually, some of the, the scenes from that movie were actually shot in my dad's old hometown of Fairbaugh, Minnesota. Oh, Exterior shots uh, and like some the, interiors as well. Oh wow! Yeah. Oh, oh shout out to all my friends in Minnesota, including Lorraine, who was on last week. Up there, getting through uh, probably a terrible, terrible January because I lived through many terrible Januarys up in Minnesota. Oh, and Matthew, they're all they're all terrible. Matthew's up there too. <laughs> oh, from the Marvel Movie Minute. All right, so uh, my second choice that is also a sequel. Uh, I always like when a uh, a woman gets to a certain age and then is able to like speak her mind a little bit more and like gets a little freer about what they want and what they're looking for a role. And this actress in particular said, "Yeah, I'm kind of tired of all these period dramas. Somebody give me a gun." And so they finally did. In Red 2, Helen Mirren finally gets to really show stuff. Now, she was in Red as well, but Red 2, I think, is where she really got to do some awesome stuff. I mean, just the fact that Helen Mirren, in her, I think at the time in her 70s or whatever, operating a chain gun like she's in The Matrix. I mean, come on. It doesn't get better than that. She's really, really funny in it, too. There was no way that she was not going to appear on any of these lists. Yeah, she had to be. Awesome. Great pick. All right, Chrissy, what's your last? Okay, I really hemmed and hawed Uh for my last choice. And I had a a lot of ideas that I discarded. And then I I think hopefully it's not some kind of rule violation, but I (laughs) am choosing a movie for my third pick because the women who are the stars are some of the funniest old broads there are and they are treasures and we must love them and cherish them um so i chose the movie nine to five. Oh wow okay so with that, well, we, we approve okay. that that's fine <laughs> okay uh with lily tomlin and jane fonda and dolly parton um who uh sort of take over their office which is run by a terrible misogynist and they are able to um implement uh, more equality and uh, sensibility to their workplace. And it's also a hilarious kidnapping hijinks movie. Uh, and of course, Dolly Parton is continuing to make the world a better place every day just by being in it uh, now. And um, Jane Fonda and Lily Tomlin are, are hilarious in Grace and Frankie, uh, the Netflix, I believe, Netflix show. Yes, that's a Netflix yeah. show. Yeah. And for all those reasons, I, I submit to you nine to five. 
<laughs> okay, and that's that's a movie, 1980. That is not yet. You guys have not done. We yet. have not. It is on our our list of upcoming upcoming films. Nice. That's gonna be a that's gonna be so much fun. You guys are gonna mm-hmm. have a blast doing that. Um, I was come on. I was gonna say Grace and Frankie because mm. we love that show. Mm-hmm. My wife and I watch it. We're we're in the middle of the final season. The final season episodes I think are coming out within the next few weeks or maybe within a month or so. And there is a rumor that there will be a guest oh. in one of the final episodes of the series. Yes, you can only hope. Oh. I know. It's oh. I, Apparently, it's not a well-kept secret. Everybody knows she's in it. She's coming. Oh, I can't wait. I can't wait. Right. All the way up from Tennessee. So, I know. So that that's going to be a lot of fun. I really hope they... That show is just a riot. It... And that's and I have no issues. Anybody wants to fight over over well nine to five? No, it's cool. (laughs) Because I'll even I'll even uh, put my two cents in about that, saying that all three of them have become fantastic, funny old broads. So just by the fact that the trifecta, all three of them are amazing still to this day. So yeah. All right, great. (laughs) What a great list. Nice job. Um, All right, so the one I've got now. I know normally this is dangerous territory, Uh, because of this list. I picked a movie that I have not yet seen, but Ooh. I'm I'm bringing it into the list and I'm saying it right off the in the I'm front loading this because this was a, a movie that was on our list to watch. It fell off. It is now back on near the top because I absolutely wanted to see this when we saw the trailer for it. It is 2019's Lucky Grandma. Okay. This is a uh, film. It is basically the story of an aging Chinese grandmother who is involved in a whole bunch of stuff. She likes to go to the casinos and stuff happens. Uh, the grandmother is played by a actress by the name of Sai Chin. And you know her because here's why you know her. Her first acting role, which was a voice role, was in the bridge on the River Kwai in 1957. Wow. She is a Bond girl oh. from You Only Live Twice, 1967. She is Auntie Lindo from the Joy Luck Club in 1993. And she's Katie's grandma in Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. So this is someone you absolutely know who this is. And this movie looks delirious and hilarious. And yeah, I mean, I'm watching it because we totally forgot about it over the course of the last year or so. And I think it's available for digital rental now. So it's out there. Lucky grandma. Sounds awesome. I like gas. I hadn't heard that either, but now that is also I'm going to add that to my newly uh, opened list. Um, all right. So uh, my last one actually uh, is a name that has been mentioned already during this conversation, uh, but not singly. So when you get cast in a superhero movie, it's not always going to be the best when you're not the superhero. And so when you get cast as the person who's the parent of the superhero, eh, okay, you get a lot less to do. When you get cast as the person who's the caretaker or you know, uh, the the person who's in charge of superheroes, eh, you got to do it. Now, I'm not gonna, not talking about Marissa Tomei, which is a good conversation, but for my money, one of the best Aunt Mays of all time was Lily Tomlin when she was in Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. She had a very small part, and she absolutely crushed it. She has obviously has her animation chops from being Mrs. Frizzle, 
or Miss Frizzle uh, mm-hmm. for many, many years and stuff too. But like she, just with the very small amount of lines she got, she was just a such an amazing character. I mean, just the fact when, you know, Dr. Octopus shows up at her house and she's more like, really? Like, <laughs> <laughs> just amazing. So Lily Tomlin, still, even after all these years, still amazing. Good pick. Oh, all right. That's great. So did you have um, any alternates, Rob? I had um, the one I picked, and I've only seen this movie because I watched Margie watching it one day, <laughs> was uh, Hello, My Name is Doris. Oh, I've which heard of that. is uh, <laughs> Sally Field, and she plays an older woman who was a caretaker for her mom. She goes to work at a much advanced, a much older age, not advanced age, Sally Field. Yeah. She's timeless. Um, Another But Aunt there's May. a whole... Yeah, there's a, yes, another Aunt May. She she it's a very funny, sweet story about her adapting to all this and stuff, and that was my backup. Okay. Christy, did you have any others? I had I had two others. Um one was the Royal Tenenbaums. Uh Angelica Houston is technically oh, a, a grandmother yeah. in it. Oh, true. Um, even though she is also timeless. Uh yes. she is hilarious and in such a dry way. That mm-hmm. is, it's she's genius, uh, and then the other was Lake Placid. Um, oh, of course, yeah, we talked about that last week. Yes. Uh, Betty White. They talked about last week because of Betty White. Yeah, of course. Um, but I yeah. felt like that was like you know too obvious. Yeah. The, okay, wait. The, I, I wait. I, I'm glad you brought that up. I just want to say this because because when I listened to last week's episode and I was like, oh no, Lake Placid. Yeah. Because that was everybody was like, wait, Betty White will say those things, right? And that and Oliver Platt. Mm-hmm. That movie was amazing. I went you to go find birthday, it. Actually, oh. Albert Platt. Yes, and he's on. He's on a weekly series on NBC. I think oh, really? right now wow. he's on like one of the Chicago. Oh, okay. One of the Chicago. Eventually, acrobatic paramedics or something. Like, at some point, I think it's required. <laughs> yeah, at this point. I mean, like he's on. He's on one of the Chicago. The people who fix things. Um, did you know that there's like three or four sequels to Lake Placid? <laughs> no, really? Yeah, and, and they are they are totally in like Piranha 3D. Does like, the Marine eventually yeah. fight at Lake Placid? I just, just well, well, he does. There is one where the where the it's the crocodile versus something else, <laughs> like a sharktopus or okay. something. <laughs> versus but the Scorpion went, King. Yeah. Wait, and I went, wait, when did these when did this happen? And I don't there's part of me that wants to watch them. They're watch. really yeah. fun. My my son is 11, oh. and uh. we love watching a, a shark, a big shark, do anything. So okay. we we watch all of the, like, we saw one where a shark became Santa Claus and terrorized <laughs> a small town. We've... We're, Wait, what? We're in, it was called like Shark to Claws or something like that. Sharky Claws or something like that. And um, we've watched all of the all of the Nados, uh, all of the, the Meg, the all the Deep Blue Seas. There are a lot of Deep Blue Seas. And there so, are a lot of Deep Blue Seas. Oh, yeah, that's true. I, I don't know if you've noticed now, but you, you have stumbled onto a goldmine of another <laughs> podcast you should be doing. <laughs> Just movies about sharks. Movies about sharks. It's yes. done. Done. <laughs> uh, my last wow. one, I actually, I, I kept, I kept basically four aces in my pocket just in case they because there's a movie that stars four funny old uh, broads, uh, and they are happen to all be dames. Tea with the Dames from 2018 has Judy Dench, Eileen Atkins, Joan Plowright, and freaking Maggie Smith. Whoa. So at any point, I was ready with four queens. Nice. Wow. Nice. Yeah. 
And, and the, we that, did this. that is such a fun movie because it's literally just like they put the they they had the at a table. They gave them tea. They pointed the cameras at him and went go. And that's it. The whole movie is just the four of them having just chatting with each other. I love that dream come true. Yeah, yeah exactly. It's like okay. it's like it, it's seventy five minutes and it's it's the tea party you wanted to be invited to. Kudos to this this challenge with not a single Steel Magnolias reference. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, true. I I mean, uh, yeah, that's pretty. Yeah, that, there are pretty funny, uh, pretty funny old names in that one too. Yeah, well, Olympia Dukakis. I mean, that's the, I was trying to like, can I come up with something else for Olympia Dukakis? Weezer. Right. Weezer. So, <laughs> now, the challenge before us, Chrissy, is mm. we have to figure out what next week's crew is going to have to be mm-hmm. doing. So we got to think of a category. And usually it's just basically the stuff we've talked about. So what have we talked Well, obviously, 80s movies we've talked a lot. We've talked a lot about sharks and monsters. Um, Rob, anything that comes to mind? Wow, we we had a that great conversation about Back to the Future. Oh, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, time travel. Yeah, I kind of that would be neat, I, right? I unfortunately cannot vote on this because I will be on next week, oh, so I mm-hmm. can't. Oh, that has, so stopped. Has to be That's never stopped anybody. No, you can't recuse yourself. I have to recuse myself because I'm I'm literally hosting next week. Um, so like, is there, is there a time travel with an asterisk we can put on like time? Oh, Ooh. we can. Oh, no, wait. Hold on, Chrissy. Now it's you and okay. me. We can do whatever we want. <laughs> How about time travel movie starring Michael J. Fox? Okay. Let's yeah. make that. Mm-hmm. Well, I didn't put my trailer no. in now then, so I can do it first. <laughs> no. Um, okay. Well, yeah. Like, what would be, yeah, because time travel, like, oh, my God, there's so many great movies. Um, there are, but are there? Like, mm. you oh, know. Yeah. Oh, I can think one. One immediately popped into my head. That is like one of my favorite. Time travel. I will say it after after we after we after we're done with the show, we'll talk about it. Um, or no, we won't because Kyle's on. No, yeah, forget. you don't get any <laughs> our pick. <laughs> How about. Um, OK, so my nominees are time travel movies, the best love story in a time travel movie or the best dangerous animal movie. Hmm. Oh wait, not time travel, just best just, dangerous animal. Just a totally different, Ooh. I love it. Different side. I just, I, oh I, yeah, I, I, no, I just wait, best one from outside, like uh, <laughs> best dangerous animal. In it, that's got everything. <laughs> yes, best dangerous animal. I'm cool with that. Um, and I say, so, do you want to make it so it can't be? Man, like oh <laughs> yeah, man is the most dangerous animal. Oh, best, best dangerous. You try and like, tweak the language enough so people won't just be like non-human. John McLean is clearly the best N- non dangerous animal because think how many terrorists he's killed. What if it's like best most dangerous scientifically modified animal? Ooh. but then it but then it could also be humans. Like uh, non-human, we just got non-human. Go yeah, yeah. Just throw none. It's none. it's either that or time travel western. <laughs> <laughs> just saying. Oh my god! <laughs> time travel. No, the best da- time travel movies no, that have no. Abe Lincoln. <laughs> time travel, best dangerous non-human animals who travel through time movies. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's you. You're onto that. I like that. Best dangerous non-human animal. There. That's wonky <laughs> enough. That's what was you're choosing? That's what we're choosing. <laughs> you got you got tons of options. There's I can I can think of four movies right off the top yeah, of my head. Yeah, me too. 
All right, so you're gonna have yeah. to <laughs> put that on the coda because I, I can't even yeah, remember yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, I'm doing best dangerous non-human animal. Non-human. All right, hey, okay, this was a a, a gigantic episode, mm-hmm. but I'm gonna tell you something. Absolutely had a blast. This was incredibly entertaining. I have movie lists now for several weekends. Chrissy, you have been a delight, and thank you so much for joining us. Tell us what you're doing. What's going on oh boy. in your world? Um, well, this was, as I said, the most fun I've ever had in my entire life. Um, <laughs> but uh, yes, please, uh, please listen to the most excellent 80s movies podcast. Uh, it's the podcast where a filmmaker and a comedian uh, rewatch the 80s movies we think we love or might have missed with our modern eyes to see what we think of them now that we're all grown up um and it's a lot of fun so uh you can find that anywhere just you know search the most excellent A's movies podcast or at most excellent pod on all of the interwebs very good kyle what do you got uh, I'm, we're still in pre-production on everything right now so it's I mean, so basically it's just like i'm like going right back here into the into the mind to continue editing and writing and things uh but i have a really weird recommendation uh for very open-minded film fans out there because i well, as much as i love a big marvel multi-million dollar extravaganza stuff too i really like a crazy indie movie where they you can tell they made it for like 50 bucks in a dream and there is one of those that i discovered on youtube and i, I say i discovered it paul f Tompkins discovered it and then and said hey everyone should watch this i did i loved it uh it's called a spy movie it's free you can just watch it it's uh, uh written directed by uh stephanie kennig uh and she's in the movie as well it is a parody of all of like the Mission Impossible type spy movies and you can tell like it, the, the point of it is that they did it for nothing they did for I mean like it, it, but it's a full spy thriller with chases and action and fight scenes and choreography and explosions and all stuff but all done with you know <laughs> the idea that they're paying for it out of their pocket and stuff too so it's a spy movie find it on YouTube sounds great yeah uh, okay it's all wonderfully right. terrible the- <laughs> Not like this show. No. This show has been terribly wonderful, and it's because of both of you. <laughs> Kyle Olson, Chrissy Lenz, thank you both so much. Thank you all for listening. It's Saturday matinee right now. Go run the nextreel.com slash membership. Give your money because you're going to get stickers, and those stickers are going to have me all over them. So, well, at least soon. So anyway, try that out. Thanks again, everybody. Have a great time watching what you watch. Bye. Go do something nice for yourself. I love the conversations that so many of our hosts have had on their shows. Steve and JJ on Trailer Rewind, Ray and Ocean on Silver Linings, even Tommy's short-lived No, No, Wait, Hear Me Out. And so many films they've discussed started out as a book, a play, or even a TV series. Well, now you can support our whole family of podcasts by using our new Originals page to buy the original source material used to inspire films covered on our shows. Just visit thenextreel.com slash originals. Your purchases made through our links give us a small commission at no extra cost to you and allow us to keep having these fantastic conversations. It's a wonderful way to support the show. Producing these podcasts week after week require a ton of work behind the scenes. If you'd like to help support our efforts, try using our originals page when shopping for books and movies that we've covered. It's your one-stop shop for Amazon and Apple links where you can buy the book, play, video game, movie, etc. upon which the movie is based. Original material for trailer rewind movies like If Beale Street Could Talk, The Goldfinch, Aniara, 
or The Two Faces of January. Or Silver Linings movies like Repo Men, which was based on the repossession Mambo. Plus, by using those links to buy books, Amazon and Apple show us a little bit of love, which allows you to support our family of shows with minimal effort. Visit thenextreel.com slash originals. It's a fantastic way to support the show and find a great book to read. That's right. Head over to thenextreel.com slash originals to find your next read and get started today. 